It's time for the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener podcast. Join in on the conversation as three friends discuss socially relevant topics in view of biblical truth, where scripture meets skepticism. Welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Michelle, and Cheryl. All right, well, welcome to our podcast. We're all new to the podcast world, and this is actually our first podcast. I'm Stephanie. I'm the believer of the group. I'm Cheryl. I'm the unbeliever of the group. Hello, and I'm Michelle, and I am the in-betweener of the group. Welcome. Yeah, well, welcome, everyone, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us today. Uh, Michelle, would you share why we decided to do this podcast? Sure. We decided to do this podcast because we always have these great, deep conversations about um, our faith and just about the world. Just we have great topics, great conversations. And we just decided one day, wouldn't this be great to just make a podcast and just open it up for anybody else to join and not just be just the three of us. And yeah, so we just decided let's just bring it, open the conversation for everybody. Yeah, because we felt that some of the things that we talk about amongst ourselves other people probably are having similar questions and mm. similar thoughts. And we just thought, hey, might as well invite others to participate yeah. in our conversations. You know, I don't know, maybe before we dive into our topic, should we tell a little bit about ourselves? Yeah, okay. let's Cheryl, do it. Yeah, go first, Cheryl. Sure. Um, again, my name is Cheryl. I am the unbeliever of the group. I am a single woman, not married, no children. And I come from a Catholic background. However, I have, I have left that and I am now probably considered agnostic. And I guess you can call me the devil's advocate of the group. And my background is, is a very forensic and scientific based, uh, neuropsychological based. And I'm also a certified leadership coach and a women's codependency coach. And so I'd like to bring those angles to the table here. Michelle? Yes. Um, well, my background is, well, I grew up with a non-religious background. My mom's Catholic, non-practicing. My dad's a non-practicing Jew. And um, I followed the Jewish religion when I was 15. I went to Orthodox Temple up until I got married and we had our first son. So I've been a, gosh, I, I've been a Christ follower probably, let me see, my son is 20, so 20 years. Yeah, I've been, and I'm still searching. That's why I'm, I'm the in-betweener because I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. I believe the gospel message. I believe what Jesus did for us, but I still have a lot of doubts, a lot of questions. So that's, yeah, that's, that's my journey right now. Yeah, that's it. Excellent. All right. Well, my name is Stephanie and I'm the believer of the group. I grew up in a Roman Catholic family. I never really became a cat practicing Catholic. But uh, as I grew older, I gravitated more towards spirituality, more towards the new age. And I ended up getting certified in Reiki, Psyche, and a bunch of other new age disciplines. And then at the age of 41, I came to Christ and I became a Christian. So I've been a Christian now for four years. And it has been a very interesting journey. I am married. I've been married for 10 years. I live in South Florida with my husband and five dogs. And currently I am a Christian counselor with a counseling ministry. That's a little bit about me and my background. Okay, so why don't we dive into our topic of discussion today. So today we're going to be discussing why do so many professing Christians not know the gospel? And I think that this is something the three of us have discussed because it just has been coming up so often. I lead a woman's Bible study group and we meet every week and I've been doing this now for over two years and we will get professing Christians join the Bible study. And when called upon to share the gospel, some of them don't know the gospel um, or what they do share is not the gospel. And that, that was kind of eye-opening. Also, just day-to-day -day talking to other professing Christians and realizing and finding out that what they think is the gospel really isn't. So uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, Michelle, do you, or Cheryl, yeah. do you want to <clears throat> add to that? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, um, yeah, I was shocked too myself 
And not, not only that, I mean, I, I could use myself as an example because like I said before, I have been, I got baptized in a Lutheran church from Judaism to a Lutheran church and I got baptized, sprinkled and, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing really. I just thought I was, you know, now I'm saved. You know, I didn't know that, you know, I figured if I went to church every Sunday and did, did the things I was supposed to do, be a good person, that I was saved. I was, I'm going to heaven because of that. I didn't know that. So for, I mean, I, I follow, I got baptized 20 years ago, but Thir- about 13 years ago in a Bible study, um, someone asked me if I was to die today, do you know if you'd go to heaven? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think so. I'm a good person. I go to church every Sunday. I do works. I do things that, you know, I serve. I think so. And she told me, no, she said, you need to go, you need to read Romans 10, nine, read that. And then you, that's you giving your heart to Christ. So I said, oh, okay. So I did that. I repeated after her and I gave my heart to Christ is what they said to me. And again, so 13 years up until I met Stephanie about three years ago and we started to study the Bible is where she actually opened up my eyes and she showed me that I need to know the gospel message. I need to know that I'm a sinner, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection. I didn't know that. I, I knew Jesus died for me, but I just didn't know like, like what the message was. I thought the gospel message meant Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was the gospel message. And when they would say at church, you need to spread the gospel message. I'm thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? Invite people over and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to them? Like, I just didn't yeah. understand it at all. Mm, and yeah. so, yeah, so that was my experience with the gospel message, not knowing. And I went to church every Sunday. I was super involved there all the time. And I just did not know the gospel message, not until three years ago. Yeah. Since I was studying with you, Steph. Well, praise God. Um, you know, and Michelle, you say you thought the gospel message was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that may sound funny to some people, but you're not the first person who I have encountered who has said that. We did have a woman in our Bible study actually say that as well. Oh, the gospel message, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So that's not so far-fetched. You know, a lot of people, I think, believe that. And it's probably because what they're confused about is those books in the Bible are called the gospels Mm -hmm. because they detail the death and the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus and then his death. Um, But that's not the gospel message. So before we get too far into this, why don't we, why don't we share what is the gospel message? Sure. So um, the gospel message. Take it away, Steph. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, look, as, as Christians, not only are we to know the gospel for our own, you know, salvation, because uh, if, if we don't know the gospel, then clearly we're not a Christian because we're, we're commanded to believe the gospel, to trust the gospel. But if you don't know what it is, then you can't be a Christian, right? Um, but it's also important for, for Christians out there to know the gospel because we're commanded to share it with others. The will of God is to see people saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So if you don't know the gospel, number one, you can't be saved yourself, but how are you going to profess the good news of Christ if you don't know it to other people? So, um, so here's what it is. <laughs> uh, the gospel, which means good news, is, as Michelle said, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. I'm just going to read this. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. He says, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. Now to expand on that, um, the Bible teaches that we're all sinners, that no one is righteous, no, not one. We all fall short of God's glory, his standard of perfection. And the Bible says that if we die in our sin, then we will be uh, eternally separated from God in hell because uh, at the judgment, we um, will have nothing 
to show for our sins, nothing to atone for our sins. So the good news is, so that's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus, fully God, fully man, came to die for our sins, shed his sinless blood. You know, he's the acceptable sacrifice that God accepts on behalf of our sin to atone for our sin. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. The Bible says that if we, if we trust that, if we trust he died for our sins to make atonement for our sins and we trust his resurrection, that we shall be saved. So, so that is the gospel. Now, um, recently in preparation for this podcast, we took a poll of mm -hmm. uh, friends and family to see who within our networks knew the gospel. And we were all very shocked actually probably not so shocked, but surprised mm -hmm. at what we got in terms of responses. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know, uh, Cheryl, you want to kick us off and share maybe what you found in your network? Sure. I mean, I, um, as I said earlier, I come from a Catholic background. So um, my family, you know, um, I can't say it's a Catholic response, but it, it reminds me of you know, even when I go to church with them sometimes, I mean, we, we recite prayers all the time that do mention Jesus's death and burial and resurrection, but I feel like we say it in a robotic tone that we were just taught to say it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what people actually believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I do, when I reached out to my network, I did get a lot of, um, you know, follow the Ten Commandments, you know, follow the golden rule, follow in Jesus' footsteps, things like that, like how to be a good Christian, mm. but not much about the one thing you need to believe in order to be saved. I did get one, one response that did have it exactly right. Amen. Right. So that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, same here. Same with you, Michelle. Yeah. 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 I had, um, I had a network of people too. I think I sent it to like five people and, um, you know, one, actually two Catholic, I mean, I hate to, I feel like I'm targeting them, but two Catholic people said to me, the gospel is whatever the father reads to us every Sunday. Mm -hmm. That was, um, what one person said. And then, um, another person said that, uh, the gospel is read each week in church. It's different things that have happened it is different events that happen during the time of Jesus. That's what that person thinks the gospel message is. And then mm -hmm. one person came really close, you know, and she said that it's all about Jesus and his word, professed that Jesus is the son of God, our one true, true God, Lord and creator. The gospel teaches us about him and how to get to heaven through him. And she put three, John three sixteen, as mm -hmm. her, um, you know. And the question I asked everybody was, um, I said that, uh, where did I put my question? I said that if, if I, if I needed to be saved and I needed to know the gospel message, what would, what would you tell me and where, where would you find it or where would you lead me? And this is their, their responses. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Michelle. Yeah. And similar, uh, to what you guys found in your networks, I had, um, one person had it right in my network and um, one person said the gospel is the good news, which it is. But then when I said, well, what is that good news? They didn't know. Um, I had one person say the gospel is the grace of God, which mm -hmm. in a sense we can say it is because it is a free gift. It is God's grace to us, but that was it. There, there wasn't really much more to that. Um, no mention of, the death of Jesus, uh, no, no mention of the blood atonement, no mention of the resurrection. And, you know, I think, I think for those listening, you can see the, the, the contrast between the answers we got, you know, and how that differs from the message of the gospel. And again, this goes back to what we were saying. If a person professes to be a Christian, professes to be a believer, and doesn't know the gospel when the Bible clearly says that to be saved, we must trust the gospel, the finished work of Christ as atonement for our sin. Well, how can one do that if they don't know what that is? 
-hmm. you know, like if, if Cheryl, I think you were mentioning some people in your network were saying, uh, the gospel is do the commandments of God following Jesus's footsteps. Well, that's great, but that's not the gospel. That's not trusting in. That's more of a works-based type understanding. I think maybe it, it, if I posed it better as to, like Michelle said, how does one get saved? I mean, that's, that's a different question than what's the message, because I think what's the message confuses people and makes them, you know, kind of re- recite a book, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I would argue that a Christian should know when somebody asks sure. a Christian, what's the gospel? They should know that, you know? Right. And I think it again points to an epidemic almost because I mean, I know that we're not the only people experiencing this. You know, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube, you know, Christian Christians all over the world, you know, from YouTube. And, you know, I hear them saying the same thing. This is not new. Well, Uh, Stephanie, how about read, read the article that, um, that I found from my church. Cause that, that was, that's what really sparked this um this conversation, conversation is because of that that article it's just shocking yeah so. well um yeah thank you michelle so michelle found this article in good news florida and it was written by roby barnes lead pastor of west pines community church here in south florida and this lead pastor wrote this article here's what he said and he writes i wish i could say that i took it in stride but the honest truth is i was shocked i was sitting at lunch across from a young couple They were both sharp professionals. They had asked me to officiate their wedding, and the purpose of the lunch was to find out where they were spiritually. Over the course of the conversation, I said something like, that is why the resurrection of Jesus is so important. I continued, but they interrupted. The groom-to-be said, wait, what did you just say? I said, you know, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. They just looked at each other and then looked looked back at me with bewilderment. I asked them slowly, you are aware that the Bible makes the claim that Jesus came back to life after he was crucified, right? They shook their heads. They told me they had never heard that before in their lives. Hmm. But that is not what shocked me. What I'm still trying to get my head around is that both said they had actively attended churches at various points in their lives. Furthermore, if you asked either of them, they would have told you that they were Christians. Mm. Here were two people friendly towards the church and aligning themselves to Jesus, but who had absolutely no idea what the gospel actually declared. Yep. Uh, and then, then going on in the article, he mentions a study that was recently done here in Florida by the Barna Group, which showed 78% of South Floridians self-identify as Christians. However, only 4% of South Florida is committed to the core tenets of the gospel. And, you know, so here it is. This article, um, again, shows that this is a big problem. You know, these, this couple that he was sitting with had never heard of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That believing in the resurrection of Jesus is a core component of the gospel message. And here are two people thinking and believing they're Christian. They're good to go. When they die, their soul's going to heaven. Mm-hmm. They've never heard the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's, that's like me. And that's scary because like I said, 20 years ago, I got baptized and I thought I was good to go. I really did. I, I did not know until I started studying with you. I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, the gospel message is, is that is, amazing but it's the death burial and resurrection of jesus and it's recognizing that i'm a sinner you know whereas i live my life thinking i'm not really that much of a sinner you know and a lot of people think that well i didn't murder anybody you know so i'm not a sinner um so yeah i mean it's it's true i mean that that article could have been written about me well yeah michelle and i I think you you bring up a good point and cheryl i'm sure you could add more color to what I'm I'm about to say, but that's a very common misunderstanding of professing Christians is that, well, I'm a good person. So because I'm a good person, I'm good. I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, the Bible makes it very clear that good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people go to heaven. Why? Because in Hebrews, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. There has to be a blood sacrifice to atone for our sin. And so it's not about us bringing our good deeds or our good works before God and standing before God on judgment day and saying, well, God, you can forgive all these bad sins I've done because of, look, my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. That's religion. That's false. Uh, that's false religion. That's, that's not the truth. The truth is that uh, God saves us by his grace and it's a free gift. We, we do nothing to receive that gift. Um, and if you'll allow me just really quickly to read uh, Ephesians uh, chapter two, verses eight, uh, nine and 10, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So, you know, grace leads to repentance. The grace of God, for those who truly are born again and saved, the grace of God works in our hearts to produce good works. But thinking that we're good enough and that our good works save us is where it gets misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Cheryl, do you want to add to that or comment on that? Yeah, um, I don't know how many times we go over this and it still confuses me. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, I mean, all right, if, he, if there was atonement and blood was shed, well, that already happened. So why isn't everyone saved? I mean, I, I get there's the piece that you have to believe it. I think people have a really hard time with that's all I got to do. I just got to believe. I mean, people want to work for, they, people want to earn where they're, where they're getting into. Yeah. Um, so I think people have a hard time with that. Well, yeah. I mean, do people have a hard time with the concept of grace? Yes. A lot of people, to your point, Cheryl, say, um, well, that's too easy. You know, and I know, Michelle, you, and you could share with our listeners your nephew's story. Um, mm. You know, it's too easy. It can't be that easy. Well, you know, here's the thing. God gets all the glory. You know, he did all the work. Why? Because the only thing acceptable to God uh, in exchange to atone for our sin is the, the sacrifice of his son, um, the blood that his, his son shed on the cross. Uh, is the only thing that God, through his word, has made it very clear that he will accept as payment for our sin. Um, and, and it's by his grace. So he's giving, so his love is demonstrated to us on the cross, and, and it's his grace that he's giving us. So he gets all the glory. We don't get the glory. He gets the glory. And the Bible says that the righteous... Uh, are, are made righteous by faith. So we are made righteous by faith. And then the question is faith in what? Well, faith in the finished work of Jesus. So it's kind of like saying God's giving, giving you a gift, but he's not going to force you to take it. So how do we take that gift of grace? We take it by faith. Um, Michelle, you want to share a little bit about well, yeah. 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 Well, I was going to say, cause as you're talking, it's interesting. I, I'm just like thinking about myself, you know, it's like I said, I went to church. I would go every Sunday. I was so involved in church and I went every Sunday, but it, to me, I never really read the Bible. I know that's a big thing. And I know that for me going to church, it was another box I checked off. I would go and I, I would love, I would listen to the music and I would worship the music. It would feel so good. The message, you know, was always a good message and everything, but it never really, I, by the end of the message, when they talked about the gospel message, I guess, or, um, you know, when they try to do an altar call every once in a while, you know, I was already zoned out by then. I was like thinking about lunch and not really paying attention. So that's, that's, I think that could be a problem too. A lot of people face is that they go to church just to check another box that, okay, well, I did it. I went to church. I'm good to go. You know, it's all about religion, really. It's just, a, you know, it's a lot of people not picking up their Bible. And that, that's what I did for many years. I just didn't pick it up. I was too lazy to pick it up. 
And I would get my message, you know, f- about bits and pieces of the Bible when I would go to church. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that, that to me, I don't know, is, is a big thing. And it wasn't until I started studying with you is where, you know, we really started to, to read God's word. And, and so it's only really been three years that I've really got heavy into reading his word and understanding more and more about his word. And that's where I learned the gospel message. But like I said, as other people, you know, like, like that article said, it's so true. And I was one of those people where, again, I just went to church because it was something to do with the family and I didn't pick up the Bible. I didn't know the gospel message and it was more religion than, and then I thought I was good. I was good to go because I was a good person and I, and I, and I went to church, checked it off. And, uh, mm. but anyway, to share about um, the gospel message, yeah, I have, um, I'm not going to say names of who the person was, but I was speaking to a young fella and, uh, and he said that he doesn't think he's going to heaven. And, and I asked him why. And he was just like, you know, I just, he just can't, he just does a lot of bad things. He's, he thinks he's a bad, bad kid. And, um, and I pulled him aside and I, I explained to him the gospel message. I told him it was the death, burial and resurrection. And, and, you know, just made it simple. And he just said, that's too easy. He just didn't believe mm-hmm. it. He said, that's too easy. It's too easy. I don't believe it. Yeah. So that's his, um, yeah, it's his experience right now. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, what, what I hear a lot too is people say, well, if you tell people that you're, that we're saved by grace, which is what the God, which is what the Bible says, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says. We're saved by grace through faith. But people will say, well, it can't be just grace because then people will sin. Well, no. And Paul addresses this in the book of Romans. He says, you know, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. But just because we're free in Christ, just because we have grace, does that mean that we could continue to live in our sin? God forbid, he says. You know, and the truth is, you know, the the Bible says in Romans that the grace of God is intended to turn us from our sin. God's grace leads us to repentance. And that is the truth. Those who are saved, where it's not a false conversion, but who are saved, grace will work in their heart. And you, and you will see evidence in your life. Um, the, your thought life will change. Your desires will change. Your mind will be more focused on what is important to God rather than what's important to, to you. Um, there will be a shift. And so for people listening out there, you know, that's something to examine, I would say, about yourself, you know, if you profess to be a believer. Right. And also it's not, and to know too, is that it's not something that's going to happen right away. Because I know that, you know, I mean, I'm very grateful for when I, you know, did, when my, that my spiritual mother asked me, you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And I didn't know them. We read Romans 10, 9. I mean, I was just... You know, I'm very grateful for her to to even bring me that close to even knowing, you know, part of the gospel message because that that is too. It's just that I think it, it left something. I think it left the sin part out. But um, but I know that when I read that, I expected to be different right away. <laughs> I was like, "What? Well, I don't feel different." I'm like, "I don't know if it took." You know, so for years I'm just thinking, I don't think I don't think it really took because I don't really feel different, and I think that's a big thing you know, so it's a process. Like what you're saying, Stephanie, is how your, your heart's going to change. It will, but it's going to change at, you know, dur- through time, you know, you definitely see things differently and being in, in God's word too is, is helpful as well. Cause yeah. that's where you really learn, you know, what he expects really of us. Right. And, um, yeah. well, well, if we, if we jump back to, to the gospel message, um, Cheryl, as an unbeliever, not to put you on the hot seat here, but um, what is it about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus about the gospel that for you as an unbeliever is difficult to receive? Um, Well, a moment ago, I was thinking um, unbelievers would call all of that maturity, just growing mature and learning to address your life in a more mature way. Um, none of us, or at least most of us don't want to, uh, purposely go out and sin, but we all do every day. And so do Christians. Um, so there's a lot of overlap that, that confuses me all the time. 
And mm-hmm. um, I would say also what, something you said earlier about you use the word truth a lot and you use the word word faith a lot mm-hmm. and kind of curious what you mean by those, because faith to me is not something anybody knows is true. You have to have faith that it is, but that doesn't make it fact that makes it faith. So I don't know if there's some clarification that you guys can help me with there, hmm. but well, there's, I mean, to continue answering your question, um, I mean, we could could circle back to that, but um, there's, I guess, because I come from a very scientific background, so I'm I'm always looking for proof of things. And so, you know, a risen body, I I would probably want to say, all right, who who witnessed that and how did that happen? And um, things like Mary, you know, the Immaculate Conception with Jesus. I mean, how do we know she didn't sleep with Joseph? So things like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah, I'm going to circle back to your question about faith in one minute, but you're making me think of the book and movie, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, because he was an atheist right, Michelle? He was an atheist or an agnostic. Yeah. I think he was an atheist, but um, an atheist. I still, I still have to watch that. I'm very curious. I have yeah. Um, and he was a, a reporter. And so he was, you know, an excellent researcher. That was his, his gift. You know, he, he can research anything and his wife came, became a believer. And this was a, this is a true story. And, um, he couldn't figure out like what had happened to his wife. Why is she believing this? And so he set out to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because I mean, look, that's the truth. If a person can prove it didn't happen, it will knock the whole, all of Christianity down. And even Paul says that even Paul in the Bible says, if the resurrection never happened, then we're all a bunch of fools because Jesus is, uh, Jesus came to break the power of sin and death. And if he didn't rise again, if the resurrection never happened, then there is no hope of a resurrection. Um, He broke the power of death. And so he is the resurrection. That's what he said about himself. Um, But Lee Strobel set out to disprove that. And in the end, you'll find that he was not successful at doing that. Mm. And he eventually became became a believer yeah um he wrote for what the what was the mag the news art the news uh i'm not i'm not sure i have the book i could take a quick look yeah it was it was it was a famous it's a very well-known uh news like new york times or something like that Mm, but i'm not really sure um anyway see the movie we should do i think it's on netflix or i'm sure on you can find it. Yeah. But going back to the question about faith, mm-hmm. like what do we mean by faith? Well, the, the word faith, you know, obviously has other meanings outside of just Christianity. I can have faith that the sun will rise tomorrow. I can have faith that, um, you know, I'll probably be hungry tomorrow. Right. I mean, uh, so I would say the word faith means to trust, to to trust something. I trust that the sun will rise tomorrow. The question is, what does one have faith in? Mm -hmm. Um, Because we can have faith in anything. You know, I have faith that, you know, I'm going to get healthier uh, year after year if I continue to eat well and exercise. Um, so I don't see it today, but if I continue to do these things and I, I have faith, I trust, I believe that I will get healthier if I eat good and continue to exercise. So it's, it's trusting in that, which you don't see, but you're hoping for it. So in the context, sure. Which, which makes it not fact, it means trust, but it could Mm -hmm. go either way. Right. Like, like, could I maybe 
not get healthier. Uh, if I eat good and exercise, yeah. I mean, there's not, it's not absolutely, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantee. Well, <laughs> but I, with God, we, we know we can trust God because he's not a liar. So if God says this is true, then, uh, God is true. Right. But that's the struggle she's having is she's not really believing the, the yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a believer in order right, to believe to what God that. is saying, right? Yeah, well, yeah. No, an unbeliever, you're going to say, "Well, okay, so some exactly. guy said I'm, I'm, I'm God." I mean, that, right? That doesn't make mean. it true, <laughs> right? But see, for me, I mean, I, I struggle with faith and I struggle with trust. I mean, these are things. That's why I'm the in betweener. I, I definitely am leaning more towards, you know, believing only because of the fact I, I'm a proof kind of person too. I'm almost like I'm doubting Thomas, you know, I need to see it. I need to see it for me to believe it. That that's really just me. I'm, I'm just that way. I'm a, that kind of thinker. I, I, if I don't see it and I don't believe it. So for me, it's a, it's a struggle, but, um, but I just believe the writings though, because you know, I'm believing that it's these 12 men who were there, they were eyewitnesses. So I'm going to trust and believe that these eyewitnesses are not making up a story you know that's the thing and i'm believing and that's one of the things we were watching my husband and i were watching something a documentary i don't remember the name of it it was very good though and they they made really good points about the disciples of how you know you got 12 men that all say the same thing they all wrote the same well in different you know i guess stories or different um angles but they all pretty much said this, pretty much the same thing. And they all suffered horrible, horrific death. Now, you know, why wouldn't one crack? Like, why wouldn't one say, okay, look, 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 it's, it's a lie. It's, all, it's, a make, it's make believe. You know, they all, none of them did. They all died horrific deaths. So I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to believe what they witnessed, what they saw. And because um, it all matches up. It's, they were, and they were all in different locations too. You know, they they were spreading the gospel all over. So it's not like they, yeah, they were together. But when they were writing things, they were they were in different locations. They weren't next to each other writing it. They were. Well, I haven't read that part of the Bible yet. I guess. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't read where they all. Yeah, like on, I haven't read the. Yeah. I guess the gospel. The gospels of the right. Bible, where I know you know, what happened. Yeah. Cause like one was in Patmos. I think John was on Patmos and you know, Paul, I'm not really sure, but they, yeah, they were all in different locations. They wrote it all at different times too. So it's, uh, and they all pretty much remember and they recounted like the same stories. Um, and you know, I'm sure the Holy spirit, you know, like it says, the God, the, the Bible is, is God breathed. So God helped them write it as well. So no, I mean, look, nobody, I'm not doubting that, you know, that the, yeah. that the stories of the Bible are lies. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I believe the, I believe the whole, the whole book is, you know, is it happened. Mm, <laughs> it's, just, it's, like it's just, that doesn't mean that, that the piece where, you know, only people that are, that believe in Jesus's resurrection and that he is God, only those people are going to heaven and everyone's burning in a fiery hell pit right. is, yeah. is the part I have a problem with. And right. that's just because that piece to me just sounds like such a man-made egotistical rule, quite honestly. Uh, yeah. And, you know? and I get, I understand what you're saying. Cause I kind of, that's <laughs> a struggle for me too. And you know, it depends on who you talk to and what, you know, cause I, I've, I've spoken to people who are like, he died for all of us and we're all saved. You know, it's like, it's universalism. Yeah. And, and sure. you know, so you hear, you know, you hear all these different things. Um, for me, I'm not going to really, I, I'm not going to worry. I'm, I don't want to say I don't worry. I'm not going to worry too much about, I don't know what's going to happen to that. Per, the per, I can't judge somebody and say, just because they didn't say, yes, the death, burial, and the resurrection I, I don't, I can't judge their hearts. I can't, I don't know what's going to happen on their last breath. I don't know what God, you know, I'm going, we're going by what the Bible is saying. Yes. We're going by God's word. But I, I just feel that, you know, I know God looks at the heart and he's a loving God and he loves us all. And, um, and I don't know if, if, if I want to lean towards him being so harsh I don't know. I'm just saying I, I'm not a judge and I just know that I have to work at my salvation. I have to, you know, yes, do my part of it, which God commands that I spread the gospel. So my job is just to plant that seed 
it's up to him to water it. You know, it's up to, it's all the pastors or who, you know, whoever, it's up to them. My job is first work at my salvation and then to go ahead and, and tell everybody about me working at my salvation and tell them about the death, burial and resurrection. And then from, and then step away. I tell them, look, you know, if they're, they're like my net, well, I'm not gonna say like this person I know says to me, I'm a bad person. I'm such a sinner. Well, good. That's perfect. You know, you, would you like to be washed clean? You know, would you like your sins mm-hmm. to be forgiven? You know, and all he has to say is yes. And then you say, mm-hmm. yes, then you okay, great. You know, do you believe that Jesus is Lord and he died for your sins? He says, yes. And you're like, great. You know, do you believe that he died and he was, he rose again? And if he says, yes, guess what? He's saved. You know, it's like as simple as that. Is it really that simple that all you have to do is believe? Because doesn't the Holy Spirit have to come upon you and change your heart? Well, that, that happens after, but also, but the Holy Spirit kind of, he, the Holy Spirit, first of all, for him to feel the way he feels, you know, if he feels I'm such a sinner, I'm so wretched, that's the Holy Spirit (laughs) telling you you're wretched, you need a savior. So that's kind of like a prompting of, you know, talk to somebody. And that's where I come in. God's pushing me to talk to him or pushing Stephanie to talk to me. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, here I am, I'm struggling, you know, I, I mean, I see God if I step back, I see God in this whole picture, you know, mm-hmm. you know, from where I was to where I am today. And, you know, my journey is still going. It's my journey's not done. I'm not there hundred percent. Like that's why I still have a lot of questions and a lot of doubts, but you know, one thing I, I have to, you know, hold tight is that, you know, I am seeking, I'm seeking God and says, you know, seek and knock and he will answer. So I'm doing that. And I feel like, you know, he put Stephanie in my life for a great reason, because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't know um, about the gospel message. I wouldn't know what I have to do, what my part is. So, you know, getting in the word and reading it, because I don't like to read, I will say, I'm, I'm being honest. I really <laughs> don't like reading. I hate to read. And to me, it's like almost like a chore too. And then that's where I get like concerned too, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to read the Bible, but I don't really feel like I don't feel like it. (laughs) If I don't read with somebody, I don't know if I would really pick it up on my own, you know, and that, that concerns me because look, I have the Holy spirit in me. Why isn't he prompting me to read it on my own? (laughs) Well, it's a tough read, but I have to say I've been enjoying reading it. Oh, see, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, um, Cheryl at this point probably knows more about the Bible than a lot of Christians today. Mm, That's great. And uh, Mm. it's great for Cheryl. It's not such a great testament to the body of Christ today or Mm. professing Christians or churchianity because churchianity is not necessarily reflective of Christianity, right? Uh, But yeah, I mean, what Cheryl has come to know and learn about the scripture, she probably could put some professing Christians to shame. And that's not, that's not good. Mm. Um, now, let me just read this uh, on the heels of what you guys were saying. Romans 5, 8. Uh, I may read past 8, but I'm starting in Romans 5, 8. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, so that's what's making us right in God's sight, not our good works, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. So let's go back to what it says here. But God showed us his love for us by sending Christ to die for us. So Cheryl, when you say, is it just really that easy? It can't be that easy. Or Michelle, like like your family member, oh, it it's too easy. That doesn't make sense. Well, this is about God's love, God's grace towards us, towards his creation saying, I love you so much. I'm giving you my grace. It's a free gift. My son, you know, did all the work. I accept what he did for you. Um, you know, on, on your behalf and you know, what Christ did for you on, it'll be accepted and just have faith, just trust that. Um, this is, this is spiritual stuff. You know, this is, you know, what we're talking about is when we die and our body goes into the grave and disintegrates, you know, our, our 
soul and our spirit separate out from the body and goes into either heaven or hell. Now, not now I recognize not everybody believes that, um, but that is what the Bible teaches happens. And that's what we're talking about, you know, and going back to what you said, Cheryl, can a person live a good life and not be saved and have their soul drop into the pit of hell? Uh, yeah, a person can live a decent life. There's a lot of self-help programs out there, a lot of self-help books, a lot of inspirational speakers out there. Um, person can live a great life. They, can they overcome an addiction without Jesus? Sure. It's called willpower. Um, still doesn't mean that if a man, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, you know, but lose his soul in hell. So the focus, you know, God's focus for us is eternity. God is eternally minded. If you suffer a little now, cause your life is but a vapor. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. It may seem long sometimes, but whoop, it's but a vapor. It's just going to be like that. Eternity is forever, forever and ever and ever and ever. So if the focus of someone is just the vapor part of life, just the here and the now, um, okay. And, and I would say that a person can have a good life, can overcome challenges, can overcome anger, uh, can have a great marriage and not be saved. You know, I, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't and think then no, would you agree an with absolutely horrible psychopathic rapist can you know suddenly believe and he is saved that's that's uh it's hard to swallow yeah so so you're saying can someone come to the end of their life and sin so much um and still and and the grace of god still apply to them the answer is yes why because n none of us are good no not one we all fall short of god's glory do some maybe fall a little bit more short, maybe, in terms of maybe they did some something that was a little more, I mean, sin is sin in God's eyes, but I mean, let's face it, you know, murder is a pretty big deal. So yes, if you have someone who is described as you described that person, but they, at the end of their life, recognize their sinnership before God and and accept his free gift and accept the love of God and the grace of God through faith, they will be saved because we all deserve hell in God's eyes, according to the Bible. Right. And that, and that's an example that, you know, it sounds horrible because our, you know, we go by our human standards and we're, we, we, we judge, uh, you know, each other by what we do, you know, Oh, a lie is nothing. And, you know, murder is obviously it's bad, horrendous, but, the example, you know, in the Bible, I'm not sure exactly where it is, probably, I think it's in Matthew, but um, where it talks about Jesus on the cross with um, that criminal, there was a criminal next to him. The thief on the cross. Was, yeah, a thief on the cross. Who knows if he murdered, you know, he was a thief. He could have stolen, killed, but his, he's going to be in heaven because of his, he, he repented. He knew who Jesus was. I don't know if he repented, but he knew who Jesus was. He recognized who he was and he was saved. Jesus said to him, I'll see you in paradise. So that, that's a, an example too, you know, as far as we don't know what, what the person's last thought or breath or he's going to call out to Jesus in his last breath, you know? So it's really, well, that's why I don't judge. Well, right. Because as, as we just read, you know, the way God makes us right in his sight is by the blood of Jesus Christ. So it's right. not about, you know, that guy cleaning up his act and being really, really good, which is, which is a misconception of some unbelievers. They think, well, I have to clean up my life. I have to be really, really good. And then I can be saved. And that's not true either. God says, come as you are. Why? Cause we're all sinners. You know, I have a question. Yeah. See, this is, this is where our, our deep discussions come from. <laughs> so yeah. just as I was saying about that thief on the cross, mm -hmm. he didn't repent. All he did was recognize the fact that Jesus was Lord. So how, how, how do we explain that? Well, because repentance by de repentance has three definitions. It means three different things. Um, 
it can mean to repent, which is a military term to do a 180 and turn, turn around. Right. Uh, it also means to change your mind, to have a change of mind, a change of heart. Cause we see that God repented in the Bible. Now God's not a sinner. So that wouldn't make any sense. It's not, it doesn't always mean to repent of the sin. Uh, it, it can also mean to change one's mind, change one's thinking about something. And so the thief on the cross repented or changed his mind. Okay. Right. Cause he was right. Cause it's not like he, he, well, he couldn't believe the gospel message because it was Jesus' death, you know, dying for your sin, the burial and resurrection. He didn't do that yet. So I guess it was right. more. He had to believe in who Jesus was. In was, who he was. Right. right. Like the Jews, right. Before Jesus' death. Right. So like when we read John three sixteen, right. Where it says God so loved the world that whoever believes in him. It's believing in him because that was to the Jews. So it doesn't have to be an action verb is what you're saying. It, mm. it, it could just be a thought. I would say it's, it's a decision, right? Because how would someone describe trust? How does one trust? The way I would probably answer that is to trust someone or something is to decide, to decide to trust. So... Right. I'm just, I'm just saying the, the word repentance, like we all think of that word as if it's something you got to go do. Oh, I see. But, yeah. but you're saying it's a decision that, I mean, that makes, that, that clarifies it. Yeah. Um, it, it means to have a change of mind about something or to have a change of heart. So like when God repented, uh, the, I think it's in Genesis, he repented that he ever made man, you know, he like, he, he was so disappointed that he, he had a, or he, or he repented about maybe judging someone or something in the old Testament. He repented, he had a change of mind or a change of heart. It doesn't always necessarily mean to turn from sin, although it can have that application. (laughs) He said, what a mess I made. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Did I get that right, Michelle? (laughs) Yeah. God, uh, I don't remember that. I t- truthfully, I don't remember that. <laughs> but I know that God was disappointed in making us, but I'm not sure about the repenting part. <laughs> Maybe I got that wrong. Let me see. Uh, I don't know. God, uh, I know he, God repents. Let's see. God repents in the Old Testament. It, it mentions God repenting. I'm just trying to think of what the verses were that it mentions him repenting. Just it just, it just means a a turning from or a change of mind about something. Mm. Okay, I'll look on Google if I find it. <laughs> mm. But uh, so so let's bring this back to the 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 point of our d- podcast, which is why do so many professing Christians not know the gospel? Why why do we think that is? Let's answer our own question. Why do so many professing Christians not know the gospel? because they go to church <laughs> and they check it off their box and they don't pay attention and they can't wait for lunch and then they leave. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know. I just know for me, that's what I did. Unless it's, I think I mentioned before, I think either they can, they can believe it's a given, right? Like, I don't know mm, when right. Christians are all gathered together, yes. Yes. professing their faith, Shouldn't yes. it be a given that they already know that? So would they really talk about it? Yeah, I, I believe that. That's how I was. I yeah. felt that way too. But well, but of course, you have to be taught once, right? <laughs> so yeah. Um, and then my other thought about that is is if I don't know. I mean, if you sat and read the entire Bible, you, you could miss it. I mean, you could still yeah. interpret the entire Bible as a message. Mm. So you may not be able to pick it out. I mean, again, unless someone tells you. I don't know how you would know it. Well, that's why we're supposed to spread the gospel message. Somebody, you know, somebody's <laughs> supposed to know it. <laughs> we're supposed to. It, that's the whole point of what Roby Barnes was um, saying: is that you know we need to teach, equip our congregation. Like they, the congregation needs to to know the gospel message so they can go out and spread it. You know, you need to know it, and then yeah then our job is to go ahead and tell everybody, tell them the good news. You know, it's not just a feeling. It's not just, you know, something that, um, I don't know, you do. It's, it's the good news. Hey, somebody, somebody just paid your sin debt. The good news. This is how I explained it to, to my, my, um, somebody, that young boy, I said to him, 
you know, it's just like this. Let's say you got into an accident and you, you killed somebody. So now you're in court, you're in front of the judge and you're ready to, to face the death penalty. You're going to die tomorrow. And somebody comes in and you don't even know this person, really. You don't know the person. The person comes in and says, you know what? Set him free. I'm going to die for him. I'm going right. to do it. I'm going to pay his debt. That's He's it, free Michelle. to go. See you later. You're free. I mean, that's, that's. Christ died in our place. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's like, so what, what would, would you like be ever thankful to that person who died for you? I mean, yeah. you're li- now you're living your life. Wouldn't you be like telling everybody in the world what happened to you? I almost died, you know, last week and somebody came and died for me. And wouldn't you be like indebted to that person? You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's how I, you know, explain it in, in, you know, today's terms into real world life, real life, you know, that's what it is. Hey, hey guys, not, not to get us off off on a different tangent, but I just want to bring us back to that verse in Genesis. I I found it. Mm -hmm. Um, Genesis 6, 6, it says it repented him that Mm -hmm. he had made man on the earth. Now in this context, it means it grieved him at his heart. So that would be, I would say the third definition of repent would be to be grieved in one's heart. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah. So it, it repented God, you know, it repented him that he made mm. man on the earth. It grieved him at his heart. Yeah. Another quick thing I wanted to say, point out is something that somebody told me just recently too, which is really, really, I don't know, it has me thinking about it. Why is it so hard for people to believe the Bible? It's history. It's, it's true. It's history. Jesus did walk the earth. A lot of the things that happened in the Bible did happen. It's, it's documented. It's a history book. Why is it so hard for people to like believe a history book when, when you go to, you know, the, the Mayflower or whatever, how, why do we believe things that we didn't see? We weren't there. Right. How, how do I, how am I going to, how do I know that everything I'm reading in the history that they're teaching me in school is true? How do I know somebody really walked on the moon? You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is stuff that people are teaching us in school and we're to believe it. And we didn't see it. There's no proof. Well, maybe there is proof, but I'm just saying there are a lot of the things are I didn't see, but I have to, I'm forced to believe in it. You know, how do I know Christopher Columbus, you know, did what he did? I'm just believing what's written down. Why can't I do that about the Bible? Why can't I read the Bible as a history book? You know, that these are real events that happened. You know, they don't, they don't, they make it separate. You know, they should put the Bible back in school, you know, and, and that should, unless you go to a Christian school and learn about it. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that's yeah. well, except the fact that there's thousands of other religions, and if they all have their own Bible, then people just like to go, okay, uh, mm. each one is true for each of you, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, and I don't know, I don't know who denies that events in the Bibles in the Bible occurred. I mean, well, how about this one? How about when, and this is something me and Stephanie talked about once, and I, I find it it's, it's fantastic. All right, when people have near-death experience, they come back and they say they saw Jesus. No one comes back and says they saw Allah or Muhammad or Buddha. No one ever says that. Everybody dies to come back, the people who have the near-death experiences. And I know someone who did have one, and uh, they all say they saw Jesus. So why is Jesus- Now, was this person that you knew- hmm. Who had a near-death experience where they yeah i mean do we know happen? that nobody has other experiences <laughs> well mostly i only hear about people seeing you know talking to god or talk to jesus but no one's ever said yeah i saw allah <laughs> i don't know okay so let's move to some closing final thoughts when we think about the question why do so many professing christians not know the gospel we can see that that might be because they did not grow up in a Christian home. Perhaps the church they went to taught a different gospel or a false gospel. Maybe no one took the time to really explain the gospel to them. Or perhaps it was something they heard as part of, let's say, the Apostles' Creed, but they just repeated it as part of some rote prayer, but it never really landed or made any sense. Or maybe someone was just going to church as part of family tradition, going through the motions, but really having no idea why they're really there. There's no real conversion taking place or heart change 
happening in that individual. So these might be some examples of why some professing Christians have never heard the true gospel. Um, Michelle, would you like to share some of your final thoughts with our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, as the in-betweener of the group, um, you know, I grew up, as I said earlier, with no religion. My dad's Jewish, non-practicing. My mom was Catholic, non-practicing. So growing up was very confusing for me. I didn't know what I was. You know, people would ask me, what are you? And I, I didn't know. I said I was a, a Catholic Jew, and I really wasn't. I wasn't anything. When I was 15, I started to follow the Jewish religion. And when I was Jewish, um, there were a lot of rules, and I always felt like I was letting God down, always. I would go to temple every Saturday and um, feel good and then go home, and I would just, that great, I just messed up again. A lot of rules to follow, because um, I went to an Orthodox temple, so there was a lot of rules. And um, when I became a Christ follower, I, it was, um, you know, Again, I, I, I would follow the religion. I would go to church every Sunday. I thought I was a good person. I, I was doing works. But the main thing for me was I was going to church. I was going every Sunday. So I thought that was it. I'm in. Got baptized. Um, I did the, the, the creed, the Nicene Creed and everything. But it never, it didn't stick with me. I didn't know what, what I was doing. I didn't know that. I just thought I was saved. I thought I was going to heaven because now I'm a, I, I'm Christian. And then um, as, I, as time went by and I started to study, a little bit more, um, I, it became clear to me. It just, uh, you know, just amazed me how many years I was in the church. And I'm not saying all churches do this, but a lot of the churches teach, you know, if you want to be saved, then you just need to invite the Lord into your heart. That's all they would say to you. Just, just say a prayer, say a prayer, invite him into your heart and let him change your life. And then when you do that, then you are saved. That's what I always thought. I never knew what the gospel message was. And I've been a Christ follower for over 13 years and didn't know that. And it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years ago, I want to say two years ago, when I really started to study and really um, somebody, um, I, I don't know if I want to say the name. I said it already earlier, but um, Stephanie um, helped me. I know I said that earlier, Steph, but um, I'm giving you, you know, credit for this because I thank the Lord for you for showing me that um, the gospel message is the death, burial, and resurrection, and that I ha it's a free gift. And it's simple as that. It's not me doing anything. It's not me going to church every Sunday. It's not me doing works. It's not anything that is, you know, about me. And, um, and I just am very grateful and very appreciative of that because, you know, that, that's a free gift that I'm accepting. And I thank God and I thank you. So... Praise the Lord. Uh, hand it over to uh, Cheryl now for your final Thanks, thought. Michelle. <laughs> that was very thoughtful. <laughs> As the unbeliever of this group, I, I believe I know now and I understand now the gospel message, thanks to you ladies. Um, but I do still have hesitation. Um, a lot of things don't line up for me just yet. Um, I do have a problem with uh, miraculous things like resurrection or immaculate conception mm -hmm. uh, since my brain kind of operates more on a scientific uh, or cultural based um, um, factual way. And there are some things like the Bible was written by a group of men, right? So how do I, it's just a book. I don't believe it's just a book, but it is a bunch of stories written by men, for men. So, you know, I don't know how much of that can be truth. I know that there are thousands of faiths and religions out there. So what makes this one the truth and everyone else is wrong and deceived? That just doesn't sit right with me. <clears throat> I know that um, as, a, as a woman with a lot of codependency traits, uh, th the idea of not having to earn my way in or prove myself to God or to anyone is, is a difficult daily task I struggle with. So um, just a hard concept to grasp. And I know that a lot of Christians that I know have been, I guess you can say, struck by the Holy Spirit or there was some testament some 
moment that everything fell into place and lined up and became beyond true to them. And that hasn't happened to me yet. But what I've learned from the Bible is that it could happen at any time. So just because today someone isn't a believer and isn't saved, well, you know, maybe next year I am or next next two decades or on my deathbed I am. I mean, happens five minutes. whenever it happens to them. <laughs> Ten minutes. Right. No, it's a very good point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think my personality just tends to lean on the, you know, can't we all just, can't we all just get along? Can't we all just do what, do what makes us, you know, the best we can be and, you know, mm-hmm. believe whatever works for you. You know, that if you believe it, it's going to be true and it's going to make your life good. So I, I have a hard time thinking we can all, you know, everyone on the planet can believe the same things because we're all different. And my final thought on the whole thing is that why would God do that to us? Why would he only allow a few people into heaven and everybody else has to burn in hell? That one's a really difficult one for me. Mm-hmm. So, so I got a lot of, you know, a lot of things to work through and, um, I look forward to continuously learning um, prior to believing I'm learning and it's, it's very educational for me and I, I enjoy it. Thank you, ladies. Mm-hmm. And Steph, I'll hand it back to you. Well, my final thoughts as a believer would be more of a question. I would like to just leave everyone with a question. Do you know where you will go after you die? And I know this is a pretty deep question. Some of us have thought about that and others may have not. Some may think it's a waste of time to think about that or may have some fear around really thinking about that. You know, the Bible says that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. And, you know, it's a pretty absolute scary statement, you know, to to think about. And I would say for those who have never heard the gospel before, even if you're a professing Christian, um, you now have heard it. And so you have a decision to make. Everyone listening who's not a believer yet, I would say, has a decision to make today. Are are you going to trust your own righteousness or will you trust the righteousness of Jesus Christ for your salvation? So I would say... For those who are not saved, that's the decision before you. Will you choose life or death from a biblical worldview? And then, then lastly, for those who are saved, I just want to say a word of encouragement. Please, if you are saved, share this gospel with those around you at work, in your family, at church. Don't think that just because you're in church with a bunch of professing Christians that those people are saved. As you heard today in this episode, only 4% of South Floridians actually knew and understood the gospel. Michelle, um, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find us? Sure. You guys can find us on Instagram. We will post the link in the description below. And I hope you guys tune into our next episode when we will be discussing homosexuality, the worldview versus the biblical view. Thank you guys and have a great day.